We are starting a new tradition in the church, maybe, or a practice, and that is to try once a month to get someone from the congregation to share their testimony of how they came to know the Lord Jesus Christ and what difference he's made in their life. I know Debbie's going to be a little embarrassed to get up and talk in front of everybody, but Debbie, if you can do that, we'd love to hear from you to what God is doing. Okay. Okay. I just want to tell you that I am very glad that right now I am a child of the King, yeah. and I thank him very much for saving me. And um, and uh, so what I'm going to say at the end may seem kind of funny, but it might, uh, but I think if we were all honest, it, it would relate to more than this morning. Okay. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. My mom and dad both loved the Lord very much. And from a very young age, we all had devotions, and mom had mom and dad had devotions every son every night after supper. Before we could even do anything, we had devotions. Mom would read the daily bread, and dad would talk about it, and then we'd pray, and then we could go play. Play, and you know, as kids were like, <sighs> you know, <laughs> you know. But um, at three years old, I was told uh, I had been told that at three years old. I accepted the Lord into my heart in Sunday school okay, at three years old. I don't remember doing it because then again, I was three years old. But um, my mom and dad had told me, and I don't doubt them because you know, they always told me the truth, that, but that I had been saved at three years old. And that my Sunday school teacher had said that I had asked Jesus into my heart in Sunday school. And, and um, now you have to understand that out of all four of mom and dad's kids, I was the one that spent the most time with dad because I had to have the most discipline because I was always, you know, if you put a line on the floor and say, don't cross that line, my toe would be so close to the edge of that line, Erica wouldn't even come near it. <laughs> and David, he was a baby, so he got away with all sorts of stuff. But, <clears throat> so... I can just imagine myself, knowing how I am and how I've always been, I was a pleaser. I wanted to please mom and dad very much. And I know that, now looking back on it, if the teacher in Sunday school said that this is what we should do, and I knew um, that I wanted to be you know, daughter of the day. Of course, Erica wasn't around yet. Well, she was. She was a baby, but still, I mean... I knew that I was, a, I know that I was a pleaser, and I knew that I would do anything to please mom and dad, you know? So I'm thinking if I look back on this, I probably did what the teacher wanted me to do because, you know, that's, you know, you please your mom and dad, you know? You please your mom and dad. And at three years old, I can't, I can't imagine me actually having the knowledge of knowing what I was wanting to do. Some children can at that age, but I, I can't imagine me. I, I think I just wanted to be a pleaser, so I wanted to do what mom and dad wanted me to do. And everybody was excited, and everybody was happy, and I was getting all these hugs, and I was I was just like, you know, I can just imagine this was a great day for me, you know. So, but then at school, well, elementary school was good, you know, and, and being in a Christian home, I didn't have the opportunity to get in too much trouble. Um, you know, mom and dad kept a really close rein on all of us kids, and 
you know, all through high school and middle school, we were all, we were, you know, just regular kids. And Dad um, taught our youth group. So whenever we would do anything with the youth group, you know, Dad was always there. Not that I was looking to get into trouble, but, you know, I would have if I could have. But, um, you know, so there was, you know, I was your typical <coughs> Christian kid in a Christian family. And, um, you know, just going on. Well, then college came. And like Pete has said before, and he's told Sage, your true colors start to show when you go to college. Okay, so here I was in college, out of mom and dad's, you know, eye, and um, and yeah, my true colors did show. I was not acting like a Christian person. I was not acting like somebody that, you know, could have possibly asked the Lord Jesus into their heart at a young age. Okay, um, it was, but but to my defense. I did find a church to go to while I was there at college because I wanted, again, to please mom and dad. I wanted to say, oh, yeah, I've been to church on Sunday. I went to church. I helped with the youth. I, I helped with the different things that they did in the youth because the college had a program that you could go to this uh, churches and work in, in the different things. So I did that because I was, my, my, my uh, behavior was totally, um, because of, I didn't want to disappoint mom and dad, you know, and I knew that was expected of me, and I was very good acting how I was expected to act, I was very good at that, but then, um, as can happen sometimes, and you know, I guess I grew up with kind of like, in my own mind, I, I knew mom and dad prayed for us every day, and you could, I, in our bedroom, Erica's in my bedroom was beside mom and dad's bedroom, and every night when we went to sleep, I'd lay there and I could hear mom and dad praying for each one of those kids. They prayed for each one of those kids personally, you know. And I, and then when I got to college, I thought, well, how can I go wrong? I mean, you know, I've had all this prayer and I have all this prayer and everything. And I've, I've been such a, you know, I've been in such a sheltered, good home, you know. And I got saved when I was three years old, you know. But um, my behavior when I was in college was not of a Christian person at all. Um, I And I don't want to blame it on the company I kept because I was old enough to make my own decisions by then. So it wasn't the company I kept. It was the company I allowed myself to be with. Mm -hmm. And um, I ended up quitting college and uh, moving in with, with a friend, I thought. But um turned out not to be a friend. But um, it was just, it was just that. But how God protected me through all that time was um, my my grandpa, who I loved dearly, died. Mom and dad couldn't find me because they contacted the college to find out where, you know, to tell me. And they said, well, she doesn't live here anymore. Okay. They had to put an APB out in Chattanooga, Tennessee to try to find me to tell me that grandpa had died. But one of my friends from the college had told me that. They came over to the apartment and told me. And mom and dad couldn't pick me up. And, um, and I was so stubborn and so hot-headed and, you know, I'm going to do what I'm going to do and let's get over it, you know, kind of way that um, after that grandpa's funeral, you know, um, I was living with the first a guy, okay, and I knew it broke mom and dad's heart. I knew it did, but for some reason it didn't. 
bother me. I don't know why it didn't bother me, it just didn't. And uh, so I knew it was wrong, and I knew it was breaking their hearts, and I knew I just knew it was wrong. So after the funeral and everything, I told Dad, I said, I want to go back. Dad said, Debbie, you know it's wrong. I said, I know, but I'm going to go back. Dad said, but I'm not being you. And I said, that's fine. I'll find a ride. I mean, I, I would find a ride if I had to go to the bus station to get a ticket. I was going to find a ride. I was so stubborn. And so then um, Mom and Dad ended up taking me there. And Dad had told me later, he said, baby, that was one of the hardest things yeah. I ever did, was to take you and drop you off, knowing that it's wrong, knowing what kind of trouble you were going to get into. Well, things turned out to where um, I ended up calling Dad and saying, I got to come back home. Um, God's God's provision again protecting me. Mom and dad drove off, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. I know it's breaking your heart. Mom's crying, dad's crying. I was so stubborn. And I said, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. Went up to the apartment, opened the door, and that girl was there. And she says, Oh, she says, I'm I just I'm just visiting, you know. <laughs> right then, God it's two by four. You know. <laughs> Debbie. What are you doing? I had to wait five hours for mom and dad to drive back home from Tennessee because they were, um, they didn't have cell phones. So they drove back home. Five hours later, I called dad said, I said, dad, I want to come home. He said, let me go to the bathroom and we're heading that way. We went in the house, went to the bathroom, he said, five more hours to pick me up. Took me five hours back home. So you'd think that, you know, in the light of all that, I would be like, oh, wow, thank you, Lord, for straightening everything back out for me. I'm going to, I'm going to now, you know, do the right thing. Um, but I didn't. Um, but um, God, God protected me and brought me home. Now, the right, the good thing was that I met Larry. Okay, I met Larry. But the bad thing was they meet. Now, you know, since I was supposed to have been saved at three years old, I um I should have known how to act and what to do and what not to do and da 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 da. Okay. Larry was not a Christian at the time. But I did bring him to church, you know, because I was supposed to do that. That's what I was living back home. Mom and dad go back to church. So I was back in church and everything. Larry would come to church with me. And um I said Larry would believe that I was a Christian, you know. But um See, it says here, um, I was not a good example of someone who apparently was a Christian, but I went to church. I never thought I wasn't saved. I never even thought about it. I mean, I never thought that I wasn't. Never even gave any thought. So we dated one and a half years, and then God said, I'm going to shake it up again. I'm going to shake you up again, baby. You just, you just don't listen. And... Um, I want to bring you to myself, is what he was saying. Well, after we dated a year and a half, we were going to have Matt. Okay? And, um, and I thought, oh, goodness, what in the world now? But then my stubborn self said, I can do this by myself. Okay? <laughs> so I told Larry, I said, don't come over. I'm going to tell mom and dad. Next thing you know, Larry came over. Okay? Well, that afternoon, we had gone to the doctor, found out it was right. And then, um, was offered an abortion, and right then I thought, oh, goodness, and I knew it was wrong, and I wasn't going to. He said, we can take care of it right now, nobody will have to know, because I was totally broke up, because I knew that mom and dad would be totally, totally upset. 
But then Larry said, no, he told me, the doc said, I'll go out, you let me know. But the one out, and I was thinking, what in the world I got myself into? You know, and Larry said, he wasn't a Christian at the time, and he said, no. He said, why would we have, why would it be our choice to take someone's life just because of the mistake that we make? So I was like, okay, Lord, thank you. Thank you for protecting us this time again. She made this time again. Okay. But then my haughty, stubborn self, you know. So Larry came over, Dad talked to him that day, and I thought, I didn't think I was ever going to see Larry again. <laughs> we got to take a walk, son. I thought, oh my goodness, you know. But two hours later, Larry and Dad came back, and um, Dad came into bed and he said, Larry wants to say something to you. And I was so stubborn, so honored, just so honored. I said, well, if he thinks he's going to marry me because I'm pregnant, that, that's not happening. I can do this myself. That's what I told Dad. I, but now looking back at it, I'm thinking, Daddy, what in the world are you thinking? You're so stubborn, so stubborn, you know. So if you think you're stubborn, you're not stubborn as Rick. He's like, you're stubborn, then I'm stubborn. Yeah. And, uh, and so I went out on the porch, and Larry said, you know that Jesus that I've learned about in church with you, he said, he's my Savior, too. Amen. And he said, if you'll marry me, we'll raise this baby to love the Lord. I'm like, okay, you know, all right, wow. So then I was all happy again, you know, everything good. God protected me again. We, we got, you know, he straightened everything back out for me again, you know. And um, so then, uh, let's see, here it says, uh, okay, so I was stubborn. Yeah. I married, we got married, Matt was born. Larry worked second shift, and so one night, here I was alone, you know, with Matt. Larry was working. Matt had fallen asleep, and I was just sitting there thinking about everything, and all of a sudden, God just spoke to me and said, Debbie, you know, I've been running after you, okay? And I wrote this in the back. I wrote here, um, have you ever had someone run after you to make you turn around and listen to them? It was just like, God just kept running after me, like, running after me. And there's that song, um, um, The Goodness of God. It says, your love, your, your goodness keeps running after me and running after me. God was pursuing me and pursuing me and pursuing me. And I would, I was still for a few minutes while everything was going good. And then, and, and then I'd run off again. He keeps pursuing me and pursuing me. And I know it was because of the prayers of my mom and my dad and my grandma and my grandpa. And uh, so I was alone, and God broke me down, and he said, Debbie, you know, I thought, it's wonderful that Larry now knows the Lord Jesus, because, because, you know, Matthew has a Christian dad and all this stuff, and he's got two Christian parents. And right then, God spoke to me and said, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. The baby has not got two Christian parents. He's got one Christian parent and one next still so stubborn and so trying to do everything on her own just to, you know and God said to me Debbie how many times am I going to have to run after you and bring you back and run after you and bring you back and say this is where you need to be this is what you need to do this is you know straighten everything back out for me you know and um and so that's when I just went into the bedroom and I just knelt down on the bed by myself in that trailer and I said I'm done yeah I surrender you know, and it's been um, 
that, that was, I still remember, I still remember it, and it just was pouring the tears and pouring the tears, and I was like, why did you keep pursuing me so much? I was already saved, and maybe I was, but I don't remember it. And if there, you know, if there's no fruit and there's no heart change, there's no salvation. So I was, um, so I just thank the Lord to keep you pursuing me and pursuing me and pursuing me. And um, yeah, Matthew was three months old and we had to tell mom that we're having another baby. I just thought we were going, oh, <laughs> yeah. But it's just, God just did things. Okay, so I truly surrendered my heart and my life to him. Thank you, Jesus, for always pursuing me. Psalms 23, 6. God's goodness pursued me. It says here, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. And then I wrote, um, our good works point directly to our Father in heaven. It is the measure of God's goodness that is displayed in our lives that will determine to what extent God can use us for the work of his kingdom. And so um, a lot has happened between now and then, you know, the raising the family and all that. But, and I still, I still struggle with stubbornness. I mean, if you have any questions, just ask Larry, I'm stubborn. And <laughs> I'm stubborn and I just, you know, I just, I just think, I just think I like, you know, I think I know how to do it. I think I know how to do everything. But he is still working on me. And I still remember that song that um, we sang with Elaine. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars and the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be if he's still working on me. So um, that's my testimony um, of someone who's brought up in a Christian home who had Christian parents that loved her enough to continue to keep praying for me but letting me make the mistakes I needed to make in order to grow from those and um, in this. So, um, 